0: And let the Lord speak to us, and I, I am excited about um, I believe how that will transpire today. Um, so Ephesians three, I want you to stay with us and follow through the text and read these words for yourself. Um, uh, a couple of things I wanted to say uh, before uh, b- before I get started this morning. We've kind of been this we've been in conversation with this a little bit this morning. So. Um, this could change a little bit, of what, but I'll, I'll definitely send a one call out this week. Um, the costs of the turkey supper this year are going to be up. Things have kind of gone up significantly. So we would love to give maybe an opportunity for you to give towards that. Um, at, at this point, we would like to do that next week in an offering next week. Um, a little extra change, I think, um, one of the requests with the change you have in your pocket plus a dollar. So we're not really looking for a lot, but a little bit of extra would really help. Um, and so I'll probably send a one call out this week to remind you of that, and then maybe we postpone our heifer project after that as well. So just be thinking about that I'll get we, we will be in need and, and I want to remind you again to sign up uh, to help for the turkey supper and uh, so that, that is coming up quickly, so we'll, I'll get you notified about that in the upcoming weeks. By the way, I also want to say thanks to Joe tried a really tough song this morning. You don't see too many people try to take on that song. So Joe has been with us now for about five months, I think, six months. He's been with us for six months, joining us once a, once a month. And uh, we're just, we've been blessed to have him. This has just been a mutual thing. He loves this opportunity for ministry, and we have a need for some more musicians. And by the way, another plug, choir practice this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. We are in need of, of more musicians. And so we thank Joe for joining us and, and, um, and for, for stretching himself as well this week and, and ministering to us. So we are in Ephesians chapter 3, and today's message is entitled... Pray for me. Pray for me, Paul. All right, Ephesians chapter three. Now, listen. I'm going to need some help uh, this morning. Okay. See this this prayer that Paul prays for us, and you can, if you want to cheat and skip ahead, it's it's what I'm referring to in Ephesians three verses fourteen through twenty-one. That's the prayer that Paul prays for us, but. Well, you're going to have to get in a mindset where you're ready to receive this prayer because, because most Christians aren't. This prayer is about wanting, about starting to want something for yourself that perhaps you don't want already. This title is called Pray for Me, Paul, but you've got to get in a place where you want Paul to pray for you, where you want to receive this this prayer. Through this blessing passed on from the universal church, you can receive this prayer today and you can receive this blessing, but I'm going to need your help. There's going to come a point in this message where you're going to, you know, realize what I'm talking about. You're going to realize how this prayer is different than a lot of the things even that we prayed this morning. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but I, I need your help. We, 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 we do need to, I do hope for us to transition as a, as in a church culture where we do begin to interact and get a little bit more excited about the word of God. So can you just say this one word for me? Everybody say it all together. The word amen. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Thank you. Now, if there's a point in this message where you get, wait a second, I think I know what he's talking about. That means so be it. That means the Lord is speaking to you, that you receive that. So now, it may come at some point, um, it may come at some point in the message, it'll come at different points, but I want to encourage you to say that word when the Lord begins to speak to you this morning, okay? Because I'm going to need a little bit of help. This is a message that um, I can't really see myself, I couldn't really see myself communicating it. Um, in front of a congregation that doesn't get that excited. I could only see myself communicating it in front of people that actually begin to believe this. And something can happen to us today if we will receive it. Now, we prayed some good things this morning in our prayer requests. But I need to tell you this prayer that Paul has praised for you, it has prayed over you at the end of this chapter, he's not going to pray for your healing. Although there's nothing wrong with that. He's not going to pray that your day goes better tomorrow. He's not going to pray for traveling mercies, although there's nothing wrong with that. He's not going to pray that God opens the doors for new opportunities for you so that you can make more money and have more stuff and take more vacations. That's not what this prayer is about. He's not going to pray for less conflict in your life, that things get easier, In fact, if you look at the whole of chapter 3, you can see that this prayer may actually be the opposite. Many Christians don't want to receive this prayer because it would mean something different than the normal way of speaking about church, the normal way of submitting a prayer request, and to the status quo Christ follower... This prayer that Paul has prayed for you, you may find to be incredibly odd and something that you really just don't want for your life. So now I want to pray for you that your heart can get in a place where you're ready to receive this text, or you're ready to receive what he is actually saying and blessing you and speaking over your life. So let's pray. Lord, this morning we've come into this church with many different things on our mind. And perhaps if many of us are honest, as we sit here right now, we're thinking about the next thing. And in the name of Jesus, because that is the work of the enemy that we talked about in previous weeks to distract us, to pull us away from what God has called us to do in our life. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the enemy and Lord, we ask that Your voice would be clear this morning. All across this congregation, I pray You open up hearts and speak to Your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we would respond to You. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to get to that prayer in a moment, and I want to. But I, so I want to set you up in verses, uh, in these verses before chapter fourteen. So first, I want to read Ephesians three. 1 through 6. It says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. We talked about that in previous week, this mystery that is being made known. And as I have already written briefly, referring to what he already wrote. (laughs) In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. Now, we've been talking about this in previous weeks and so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's not a new concept. But sometimes you got to bring this, this home a little bit about what just happened with the Jews and the Gentiles. Ladies, imagine you're, maybe you've been married for a while and you and your husband have this place that's just, it's your place. It's like this place you went on this vacation. It's this place where you, where you met and you'd return there different times. And it's just this intimate place that is just yours and his. And it's incredibly significant. And it's incredibly special to you. And then one day, your husband surprises you, and then you start, he's not telling you where you're going, and then you start to realize where you're going as you're on the way there. It's like, you're taking me to our special place, aren't you? And then you get to your special place, and all of a sudden, you recognize that there's hundreds of people there at your special place, too. And all that he's invited a lot of your close friends and people you don't know, and people you don't even like. And like, what in the world is this? And see, that's kind of what happened to the Jews in the case of the gospel. This used to be kind of this intimate thing that the Jews had with God. This is is our thing and your thing. We're the people of God. We have this intimate relationship, and now this thing has been opened up to everyone. And so the Jews were obviously still having a hard time accepting that, but, but being able to do both things to embrace and appreciate this. And so we need to understand that Many have a hard time recognizing that a relationship with Christ is both personally intimate, it's a one-on-one thing with you and God, but it's also incredibly communal. It is something that you need others for as well, that you need to invite others, as we, as we prayed in previous weeks, to be built together as part of the kingdom of God. You have to learn to find a heart, to have a heart for people that are not like you. You, I haven't heard any amens yet, but you're going to get this soon. There is a prayer and a blessing for you to receive today at the end of this chapter. If you can begin to realize that the reason that you are part of this church and the universal church is not just for yourself. There is a blessing to receive when you are ready to let your guard down and be part of something that is being built together. Now, I want to go on verses seven through eight. It says, I became, Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Now, I don't, when I read that in scripture, my first thought, when I read about Paul's, like, it sounds like he's, he, this is almost like this fake humility that he's expressing, And you've you've seen people, you've you've had those moments yourself where like, oh, thank you. You know, like when I'm, I remember one time when I I was like 19 or 20 years old and I started preaching in ministry and and somebody said something to me, Brody, that was a great sermon. I was like, thanks, man, it was all God. And then they said back, no, it wasn't that good. (laughs) There was definitely some of you in there or it would have been a lot better if it was all God. And that's that's almost a little bit of like what what Paul's doing here. Like you almost sense like this, like, Paul, come on, you know you're a stud. Dude. Like you've got a pretty big following. You got all these people that are just hanging closely and clinging to every letter that you wrote in jail, and you're calling yourself the least of these apostles. And I usually read those things and I almost just like write it off like, okay, this is Paul's just like garbage kind of stuff. Like he's trying to stay humble. But then as I read it this time through in preparation, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. So you remember that grace illustration we did? Was it last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Where we talked about grace? Where we talked about fully embracing the fact that you've been let off the hook? I gave an illustration, another spousal illustration. By the way, I do that all the time because marriages, our spousal relationships are the closest thing we will ever, are the most spiritual relationships we will ever have. Your kids, you've kind of got these natural things where you're going to love your kids regardless. But this person that you've committed your life to, you continue to make choices every day of how you are going to keep loving them. Beautiful thing, and that's very much a great parallel of our relationship with Christ. So anyway, I gave this illustration uh, uh, last week about how imagine, imagine uh, imagine if this person that you've been with for 10 years... In a a marriage relationship, you're fairly close, and you've had seasons of conflict in that marriage. And all of a sudden, your spouse gets this superhuman gift where all of a sudden they begin to hear every negative, unfaithful, dark, bitter thought that you have ever had about them. And for hours, it just keeps pouring into their head, like the worst of them. And you're sitting here watching the whole thing and you're knowing what's happening and you're watching the pain on their face and all these things like where they are starting to recognize how your love for them has fallen short time and time and time again. And then at the end of this, you would expect that their response, that that all of this experience would now be detrimental to your relationship and it would end and it would be the, the beginning of its demise. And instead you hear them say, I've forgiven you. I love you, and they continue, they actually pursue you with a greater pursuit than they ever have before. How would your response be in that moment? It would be a response where you would recognize that that, that A, that you would be so much more in love with this person because you, you've recognized the depth of their love for you. They've taken the blow of your garbage, of your hate, of your evil, your darkness, and said, I'm still here. I'm still going to come after you. So you would have a greater love for them, but also you'd have this level of, of of desire not to hurt them that way anymore. You wouldn't want to offend them anymore. And that is exactly what we're called to do in our relationship with God. Now, I share that illustration for you because remember what Paul was doing in Acts chapter 7. Paul got away with murder. See, for the Jews, it was blasphemy. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, throwing stones at the heads of people that were preaching the gospel of Christ. This is what Paul did before he became a Christian. They executed Stephen in Acts chapter 7, and Paul had the hands... The papers in his hands to have access to every synagogue in every area where he was going to go and persecute Christians. And he was going to go and tell them that we need to shut this down. If this continues to happen, we are going to continue to execute people who speak this way. And what happened to him in Acts chapter 9 on the Damascus Road was he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And those same papers that were in his hands, by the way, he still used those to go into every synagogue. And he began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pretty cool story if you notice what happened in between the text there. But now Paul is this guy who used to kill Christians. And that's how you can recognize the grace that he had been forgiven of. He would always remember this, these horrible things that he used to do and realize what he had been let off the hook about? What would he have been let off the hook for? God loved him. God anointed him. God called him to a ministry. And so he calls himself the least of these apostles. See, there is a prayer today at the end of this chapter that has been prayed for you and a blessing for you to receive when you recognize that you have already been given the greatest gift of all. You are not entitled You are blessed. There is nothing else that you need in your life other than the Spirit of God to live out the plan of God. Verse 9 says this, And to make plain, here's what Paul is called to do, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all. All things. I love that expression. I don't know if you don't have an NIV, you probably have a little different language there. But he simply says, make plain, make plains with words. I mean, he's, he's saying he, he's been called to make plain the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's exactly basically what we're called to do. We're supposed to take this stuff and make it plain. Well, I know that may sound like a hard thing. You may think that the Bible's a bit of a complicated and it's written two thousands of years ago. But the more you begin to understand it, the more you can communicate it. But an even better way to communicate it is to communicate it with your life. <laughs> to communicate it and live, out, live it out in such a way that it's plain for everyone else to see. I know why he does what he does. I know why she does what she does. Because she loves God. There's a prayer that has been prayed for you and a blessing for you to receive in this prayer if you long for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be made plain to those that you interact with. 10 through 13, it says this. It says, His intent, I still haven't heard any amens yet, so I don't know if anybody's getting it yet. It says, His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our lord and him and through faith in him we may approach god with freedom and confidence i ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for which you for which are for your glory now what paul just did here in these verses is he takes this idea of making it plain far beyond just this earthly world and he takes it beyond to the heavenly dimension that 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 the powers that what should we do as a church would be declared to the powers and the principalities of this world. And this is some heavy stuff, but it's kind of like the story of Job and how Job was was persecuted, and Satan was actually given some dominion, some opportunity to tempt them. And the words of God were, "Consider my servant Job," and through all of the testing that he had ever experienced. Job did not curse God, and he was restored in everything that was ever given to him. We said something in our Bible study a couple weeks ago. And we read Ephesians 2. We said that Satan was given dominion. He's the prince of this air. He has power and authority. He is the key influencer. And then we asked the question, what is more powerful, his influence or your decision's? And see, that's when you realize that you have the power. They, the powers of this world, the principalities of this world, have the power to influence, but you're the one that possesses the power to decide. You decide who you are going to be. You decide whether all of this garbage in the world is going to influence you, or are you are going to have dominion and authority in this world and live the life that you were called to live. There's influence, and then there's power. There's a big difference between the influence of angelic beings and the power that men and women created in the image of God have. When you begin to recognize what the heck I'm talking about this morning, you might say Amen and realize who you are called to be because paul is saying to them on this day that there's going to there's something special about my church see i see god is all powerful and any moment he could come and crush the dominions and the powers of this world there is not going to be a war between god and the devil someday it's going to be god is going to decide to come down and say done that's it it's over So the plan is written right here in what Paul is talking to you about in Ephesians. And he's saying that this church, my church, my people who submit to my authority, who live their life in a calling after me, are going to declare to the powers and principalities of the world that you do not own us, you do not influence us. We are the people of God who have power and authority in this world that comes from our connection to the head who is him all above all authority and principalities and everything that is to come in this earth. That is what we are called to be. Some of you are starting to understand. And so there is a prayer that has been prayed for you and a blessing for you to receive if you recognize that your life itself is right in the middle of a spiritual war and every choice that you make has power. Now... For the prayer. So here is what Paul prays for you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want you to notice this prayer. We're gonna to come to a finish here in just a second. See that clock's still seven minutes fast. I promise. Now, we come to we're gonna to come to a finish here. Now, I just read this prayer to you, and I told you in the beginning, all the things that Paul does not pray for. He did not pray for healing. He did not pray for traveling mercies. He did not pray that tomorrow would be better than today. He did not pray that your days would be void of conflict, that this thing that you're going through would just all of a sudden come to an end. He prays that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit. He prayed that you would be rooted and established in love. He prayed that you would have power together with all of the Lord's holy people. He prayed that you would grasp, not just hear it and, under, not just hear it like a sermon, but grasp with your own spirit how long and how wide and how deep and how high is the love of God for you, to know that this love surpasses knowledge. Paul is praying that you, in the midst of whatever you are going through, that you would come to know God through that experience. What I'm trying to say this morning, church, is that you don't need elimination in your life. You don't need things to just go away that bother you. You need transformation. Let me say that again. You don't need elimination in your life. And just for everything, that you, everything that, to go away that, that is conflict, you need revelation. I'm not talking about sin. There's some things that we need to remove, of course. I'm talking about conflict. As I was preparing for this message this week, I, I heard a, just happened to pop on the radio and hear, heard Charles Stanley. And he said, he was asking the Lord in his prayer time, he said, Lord, what is the one thing you want me to know above everything else? And the response he got was, how much I love you. Mm, come on. See, pray, when, when I say this message, pray for me, Paul, we have Paul's prayer in scripture here as a universal blessing over us that you can pray and receive for yourself as you meditate on the word of God. But wouldn't it be great if pray, if pray for Paul, pray for me, Paul could mean something different, it could, we could actually fill that name in for somebody maybe in our congregation, like pray for me, Clint, pray for me, Terry, pray for me, Joel, and by that I mean so that we could begin to pray for people in a way where, where and i don't mean like you 'll go home afterwards and pray for them. no, I mean like right now in this moment, see that, that i 'm having trouble, and we're all I, we're all and where we come to recognize that our struggle. Is, is that all that we want is standing in the way of what we need. Let me say that again. Because that is really the greatest struggle that most of us wrestle with, especially this guy right here. That all that I really want in this life and in this world, that all that I actually try to pursue with my own hands, with all of my time, is perhaps actually standing in the way of what I really need, is to know God. And for each and every conflict and each and every challenge to come into a deeper, closer relationship with him. See, here's what I'm trying to say this morning. Is that crazy Christ followers don't just stop at empathy when it comes to watching others go through conflict and suffering. Empathy is a trait of a Christ follower. We are called to be people who care, who mourn with those who mourn, who who feel each other's burdens. That is certainly a biblical thing. But we know, as Christ followers, we also know that suffering and humility have the potential to produce a greater dependency on God and a greater vulnerability to where one can understand just how much they need a Savior. So you know what? Pray for me, Terry. Pray for me, Clint. Pray for me, Rod. Pray for me, Joel. I want to learn something. I want to grow from these experiences and not be bitter, I want to understand this power to overcome. I want to know just how near and how real God is. I've read about it. I've heard about it. We've even heard way too many sermons about it. But now I want my faith to be increased in such a way that I can say now to him who is able to do. There's something that happens when we no longer want all of this garbage, the conflict that we go through, that we think if this would just change, we would be better. No, the change is within you. It's what, the Spirit, it's, what the, it's what the Word says right here. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. After all these things said, there's a commission now to turn to God. And you tell me by the end of this verse, where is God? Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. Maybe you're starting to understand. See, this is a prayer that you pray when you want a brother or a sister to know what is in them. See, when we can start praying that for each other, revival will happen in this congregation when we want God more than anything else to come to us or anything else to go away. If you believe that, you'll say amen. So I'm going to say it again. Revival will happen in this congregation when we want God more than anything else to come to us or anything else to go away from us. I hope we start saying crazy things to each other. Like in the middle of the stress of our busy day, that God, that I would pray that God interrupts you and reminds you of just how loved You are. And I hope that in those moments, nothing changes for you. But everything changes. Because you've recognized who you are in him. And the power and the authority and the dominion that you have. Pray for me. And I pray that a day is coming that we don't have to put the word Paul. That we begin to pray these prayers for each other. That we know what we need well, all the things that we want are perhaps standing in the way of what we really need. And we begin to believe God that he would reveal themselves to each other in a way that, that, re, that, that, is, that is, brings about eternal destiny. So here's what I want to do today. Just as, as we're concluding, Dad, if you wouldn't mind strumming on the guitar, I just want to simply do this and ask you at this point in time to bow your head and close your eyes we have had an opportunity where I've shared this word with you, and now I'm going to pray this over you. But I told you, this is probably not something that many of you want, because many of you probably want a lot of the conflict in your life to go away. So if you want this prayer in just a second, I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm just going to read this last verse over your life. And then we're going to, well, we're going to conclude this together, but I want you to take a moment and decide, make that decision. That we're making a decision right now that says, Lord, I I want what you want now. I pursued all these things that I want, and it's actually gotten me nowhere. I'm in the same funk that I've always been, and I don't know that things are changing. So this season, I'm going to say that, God, I want to know you deeper through whatever conflict, through whatever challenge that I'm going through. Now, if you're ready to receive that prayer I want to invite you to stand at this time, and I'm going to pray this over you. If that's you at this time, I want to invite you to stand right where you're seated. Thank you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Today, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit not anywhere else, but in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people and to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of God in Christ. Lord, I pray they would come to know that in you and and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So, Lord, we're praying there that you just keep filling them up in a way that they thought that they had enough, but you just keep filling them and filling them to overflow. And today we declare now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. For our operator thought this morning. we ask that you bless these our gifts, that they might restore the work of your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. A couple of reminders before the benediction today. We do still need your help with Turkey Supper. Um, next Sunday will be our, our council following service. So if you are a member, we do hope you can join us next week. Um, by the way, speaking of membership, I am going to be doing a class soon. If you are here and you'd be interested in being a part of that and you are not a member, please let me know. And last reminder, this Wednesday begins choir and uh, Bible study. Choir at 6, Bible study at 7. For your benediction, may you be rooted and established in love. May you have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.